you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org. And now, a message from The Rock of Gainesville. We're excited. I'm going to launch into this. Uh, We're going to start a five-week series today that really has everything to do with the two banners hanging on the wall. If you look to your left, it says, Can a nation be saved in a day? It's a question. If you look to your right, it says, can a city be reached in a week? And we believe the answer is yes to both of those. And so today we are launching a five-week series. I'll be preaching the first two titled Reach One. And we'll talk about, I'm kind of piggybacking off of uh, David Gibbs, who was our guest two weeks ago, Memorial Day weekend. I know many, many, many of y'all were gone, but uh, that is no excuse not to hear the word. You're living in the greatest day in the history of the world. You have the word of God at your fingertips all the time. So if you were not here, I expect you, if you're a part of this house, to go online and listen to that word because it will challenge you. It'll convict you. It, 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 will, it will do a lot of stirring in you. Matter of fact, I, I was having lunch this week with one of our attorneys in the church, and I said to him, I said, because they weren't here either, and I said, L, I said, David was like a master attorney. He brought this book of Acts And he had every one of us just eating right out of the bowl. I mean, he was just serving up, we're eating, and we we did not realize we were being set up. Man, he had us hyped up and jacked up about how awesome the early church was and what they went through and the price they paid. And, and man, we were, we were buying into it. We were sitting on the edges of our seat. We're listening. Our eyes are open. Many of us were in awe. Wow. Did not know it was that tough for the early church. Did not know that those people went through such horrible things. Did not realize there were so many Christians martyred for their faith in the early church. David just set us up. And then, man, he brought the punchline and knocked it out and declared, that we have every bit as a greater responsibility today in 2019 as the early church had 2019 years ago. And it's time for us to rise up and accept our call of God. If we're saved, if we've been blood-bought, blood-washed, blood-cleansed, and we are a child of the living God, then we have every responsibility to realize we do not belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to God, and God loves the lost people. Therefore, if we love God, we got to love what God loves, and God loves lost people. Therefore, we got to give our lives beyond our own little personalities and our reasons for why our personality keeps us from doing stuff and go, it's time for me to acknowledge that I don't belong to me anymore. Therefore, all my limitations are flushed down the toilet and everything that God called me to do, he anointed me to do, he graced me to do, he appointed me to do, and he enabled me to do. Therefore, if it's not being done, it's simply because I'm disobedient. Thank you, Bob. I got one amen, man. I got, I got me a preaching machine on the third row. I'm going to get some amens this morning from him. But hear me. We are called, and God loves lost people. And Therefore, if we're going to take up the cause of Christ... We're going to love the lost just as well. And I want you to get past the idea that you've been called to save the whole world. That's Jesus' business. But as David shared with us, every one of us can do our part in one year to reach one. If we can get a vision, every single one of us in this room, next year when we move into our new building We'll might have to go to three services if every one of us believed that we are literally called to go reach the lost. We can can plant the seed, we can water the seed, and we can receive the harvest. Salvation belongs to Christ. You can't save anybody. But how can they be saved if they don't hear? And how, how can they hear unless someone goes? And who's going to be that one that goes? See, we're called, I am called to my neighborhood, to where I shop, to where I work, to where I go do mission stuff, wherever I go, that is my lane, that's my, that's my responsibility, that's where God wants me, and every single one of us have our own lane, and every single one of us will never find true happiness in the purpose in which Christ created us, died for us, rose again, and filled us with his power and his presence, received the Holy Spirit for a purpose, and it's not just so we can vacation 20 weekends out of every year. It's so that we can give our lives to something of greater value than us. 
We're called to something greater. We're called to a life that goes beyond me, beyond us. What is the heart of God? And so we are so excited about this summer. We're so excited about all of you that have caught hold of the vision. A week from Friday, we will be leading a team of 74 people from the Rock of Gainesville to Peora, Peru, to be a part of the single largest missionary outreach in the history of the world. That's amazing. Five... 5,000 missionaries from over 40 countries are coming into Lima, Peru, and then going into the Amazon, up into the mountains, into the other cities. We've been given a city, Peora, and that is totally not how it's pronounced. I know that because this week on Friday, I was up here studying. I got a phone call, and uh, I had already put the guy's name and phone number in, so when it rang, I looked, and it said, Pastor Jose Lopez. I'm thinking I got to get my Latin hearing going. I got to listen to this brother because he's, he's obviously bilingual. He's going to have a strong accent. got to really listen. And, and man, I, I say, hello, this is Pastor George. And he goes, hey, bro. And he just goes into talking. And I'm thinking that I'm talking to some white person, you know, in, in, in Gainesville. And, and I say, hold it, dude. Your name is Jose Lopez from Peora, Peru. He said, no, bro, I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. <laughs> and uh, so I jumped online while I'm talking to him. Beautiful blonde wife, three kids. They've been pastoring in Peora for seven years, and they're going to be our host pastors, our host friends. We're going to be ministering in their church. I got so pumped. We were preaching back and forth, and he said, Pastor George, as soon as you land, you better be rested because I'm going to be prick picking your brain the whole time. I said, no, you're not. I'm coming there to serve you and to pick your brain and find out. And so we're just having this debate back and forth and pumped up, excited about what we're doing to be a part of something so much bigger than us. Can I tell you something, your pastor? I do not see myself as a, quote, international speaker or stadium speaker. So I am being stretched. Some of you go, I signed up for Reach Week, and man, I'm going to go help uh, clean a school, and I'm so nervous, and I'm so intimidated by it. Can I tell you something? I'm going to Peru with knees shaking, heart racing, going, God, I, I, I don't feel like I'm equipped for this. I, I, you sure there's not someone else? And Holy Spirit says, you look at every single one of those faces in that crowd come June the 29th at 4 p.m., and you realize every one of them are one of my children, and I love them. And they're lost. He said, don't look at the magnitude of the crowd. You speak to one. You speak to their face. You look into their eyes. You see, whatever every one of us have been called to do, we've already been graced to do it. We already have an anointing to do it. There, there, there's no God's caught off guard by us about to do something. No, no, no. We are called to do something. So, so 74 are going to Peru. But listen to this. The same week we're launching Reach Week here. Can a city be reached in a week? Pastor Jamie's heading up our Reach Week team. We have right now over 152 people already signed up. We have spots for 48 more. And then I told Jamie, just pack them in. I hope, I hope we go into war at the Rock of Gainesville trying to out serve one another for a whole week during reach week and we touch lives and we impart the love of God because I believe a city can be reached in a week. I believe a nation can be reached in a day. But, but here's what it's going to take. Not us clapping our hands in church going, amen, I believe that. It's every single one of us going, I want to do my part. I want to do, what is my part? I want to do my part. Can I, can I wash a car? Can I take, look, look here, man, I got so excited. I had Melissa um, print this for me this morning. Jamie's got reach week going on. We got stuff in the back. We're, we're doing, we're collecting food for the homeless. We're, we're putting backpacks together for the homeless in our community. They're amazing. I wanted one of the backpacks. It was so cool looking. And, and uh, but we're, we're, we're going to be feeding at St. Francis. We have a ton of different opportunities for people right here in our city Hear me, it's every bit as spiritual and as powerful as the team that's going to Peru. Every bit. The team staying home is not the B team. Every person has a place. Many of you that are not going to Peru gave almost $40,000 in offerings to help those of us that are going. 
We have over $220,000 has been spent for a team of 74 people to go to Peru. And on top of that, out of your missions giving, we sowed an offering of $80,000 into Peoria, the city that's been given to us as our host city, to invest into their stadium outreach and to make room for all the things that are going to take place. Over $220,000. But right here at home, we are investing money, we're investing energy and time. Why? Because our city is our Jerusalem. We begin in Jerusalem. Gainesville is our city. Judea, Samaria, man, that's High Springs, Alachua, Archer, Micanope. And then to the ends of the earth, which is Peor, Peru. So every one of us doing a part. We got St. Francis House. We got Bread of the Mighty. We're going to be doing a rebuild uh, together a home. We're going to help uh, local homes, that, that uh, local families that have dire need of help in their house. We're going to be rebuilding some houses, a home renovation project. We're cleaning up two public schools in Alachua County, and the principals are like, what? You're willing to do what? You're willing to bring a team over here and do what? Don't you have your own school? Don't you have your own church school? We said, yeah, we do, but we want you to know we love all of Alachua County. We love all of the city of Gainesville, and we want to do a part, so we're going to come over here and help you with your school, put a facelift on it, so when the kids come back in August, they're going to go, wow, somebody did something around here this year. We're going to be doing uh, school cleanups for Williams Elementary, Stephen Foster Elementary. We have the homeless outreach team. Listen to this. We got a first responder team appreciation. We're going to be baking cookies and putting together sweet packages to take to all the fire departments, all the ambulance drivers, all the police officers, all the deputy sheriffs. I'm telling you, they love donuts. They love cookies. Uh, they've been, I, I've been told that. And, uh, and so we're going to take the, look, you want to make me smile? Bring me a really good cookie, man. I am a sucker for a good cookie. But we're going to just, hey, man, come on. So we're going to just go and love on these people and take them amazing traits. We got a team of young people. I'm so excited about this. I'm mad that I can't be two places at, at the same time. But while I'm in Peoria, there's going to be about 20 or 30 of our uh, middle school and high school kids that are going to go out to Trenton to Ayers Rehabilitative Center, where my dad spent the last five years of his life. And they're going to just play music and sing and dance and love on these people and bless them and hug on their necks and just make these older people feel so loved for an hour or two. That's awesome. That's showing the love of God. That's being Christ. We're going to be doing a prayer team, a child care team, and listen to this, last but not least, we have a fund, Reach Week fund. You can give in it uh, during the offering. You can go online at any time and give to this offering. Last year, we gave to two other ministries. This year, we're going to sow the whole offering for the whole month of June that's being given specifically to this, to two ministries. One's called Foster Florida. And the other one's called Embrace Grace. And we're going to be providing, we're going to be bringing them here on uh, July, the whatever it is, the first weekend, second weekend of July, first weekend of July. And uh, when we have our recap and our sharing testimonies of everything that's happened in Gainesville and here, we're going to bring these two organizations. Is that right? I'm speaking right. And we're going to present them checks and sow the love of God from the people of the Rock of Gainesville. Hear me. There's a place for everybody. Place for everybody. You can give in an offering. You can get on the prayer team. You can get on the serve team. You can help in some area of ministry. The same day in Peor, Peru, uh, that your local team from the Rock of Gainesville will be doing a stadium event at the same time on that day in this city. We're going to have ministry teams all over this community. And I want to encourage you, don't be left behind. Don't, 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 be, don't be sitting going, well, you know, if I, if, I just, if I just felt it a little stronger. Forget your feelings and just step out and serve. Just step out and serve. And when you do, you're going to find, man, you give somebody a hug and they give you a triple hug back. You're going to go, what in the world have I been holding my hugs back for? You give somebody a love. You give somebody a bottle of water, man, and watch as God touches their life. It's going to impact them in a significant way. All right, so I got to get into the word. So we're talking about reaching a nation. We're talking about reaching a city, and we're talking about doing it by reaching one at a time. Say one. one. Say I have one. I Say I believe I have one. I Say I know I have one. I Some of y'all, you're getting quieter, and I'm watching your lips. He said, if I confess it too much, it might actually happen. It will. It will. You see, I believe every single one of us are called 
to our Jerusalem, Gainesville, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. But it begins wherever we are. Your neighborhood. You might be the only Christian family in your neighborhood. Guess what? You're the one. God says it's you. God says it's now. God says it's time. What? It's time right now for you to begin to be a witness to your lost neighbors. It's your time. Maybe you're the only one that works in where you work, and you're the only believer, and you always are sucking your thumb, feeling sorry for yourself, and God says, get your thumb out of your mouth. You're the one I've called. You're the one I've anointed. You're the one I've appointed to be in this place, and it's now, and it's time for you to be about my business. See, we don't belong to ourselves. We don't belong to us. We belong to Christ. And when we really begin to believe that, we, we say it until we actually begin to convince ourselves, we stir ourselves in the word, in prayer, in the spirit, in worship, until we really believe, man, I belong to Jesus Christ. He paid a debt that I owed that I could not afford to pay. He paid a debt that he did not deserve to pay. But he paid it so you and I could become sons and daughters of the Most High. So we are pressing in. We are the call to the Lord. We're going to Peru. We're going to Gainesville. We're going to reach a city, and we're going to reach a nation. And it's not going to be because I sat on my chair and rooted and hooped and hollered for everybody else. It's every single one of us going, I can do something. I can do something. I can do something. I can give in an offering. I can pray a prayer. I can wash a car. I can feed a homeless person. I can give a homeless person a backpack without judgment. Come on. With the love of God, without judgment. Christ is our judge. Come on. I can do my part, whatever it is. So I'll begin with this. I've been praying since January 1. As most of you know that are part of our house, we printed a book and gave everybody in the house a book titled Pray First. January 1, we started praying, and three things Holy Spirit said. He said, ask to experience my presence every time you come together in the house of God. He said, number two, pray that you will hear my voice. And number three, he said, pray for lost people to be saved. For the first time in the history of the Rock of Gainesville, every single Sunday since the first Sunday of January this year, some at least one person, three people, five people, 11 people, one Sunday, almost 30 people responded to the salvation call. We have had over 150 people come to Christ this year in our house for the first time in the history of the Rock of Gainesville. Hear me. That's a drop in the bucket. We're building a new house because... God says, build a house that my glory will fill and lost people will find. We, we are doing what we're doing out of obedience because God loves the lost people just like he loved you when you were lost. Remember when you were lost? Remember when you were down and out? Remember when you were a drunkard, a, a dopehead, a, a, a sex pervert, a murderer, a thief, angry, upset? You were just messed up. I mean, messed up looked good until it came to you. I mean, you were the epitome. You were like Paul. I'm chief among the worst sinners. And Jesus revealed to you his love. And when he did something changed in your life. Something transpired in your heart. And, and, and one day, the knowledge of how much you needed God because you were a horrible God and you couldn't be God for yourself. And so you invited Jesus Christ into your life. And from that day to this, your life has changed. And it's not over at salvation. Man, we have just begun. Man, we are living in the greatest day in the history of the world, 2019. Greatest day for evangelism, greatest day for outreach, greatest day for numbers of souls being saved, greatest day for persecution all over the world outside of America. But hear me, you might want to start praying about where our country's going over the next five years. We might not see persecution the rate that China is, the rate some of these other countries are. Today, while we're preaching the gospel and having a great time in church here, there are people today being martyred for their faith. I never can get past that. I, I, I'm overwhelmed at, at the amazing goodness and grace of God to help people just to love Christ all the way through to the end. 
to be like Paul and declare more than a conqueror. They can take my life, but all they get is my flesh. My spirit, absent from this body, will be in the presence of my God, my Lord, and my Savior. And all over the world today, oh, we are American Christian. Look how quiet you are getting. We don't want to be told about that. We don't want that to mess up our television show this afternoon. We, we don't want that to mess up us feeling good about us. And yet there is a reality to whom much is given, much is required. And the nation of America is the greatest nation, blessed of God on the face of the earth. And because of that, we have a responsibility to get up out of our seats of church going and be the church in the world that we live in. We have a responsibility. We have have a calling. We have a purpose. And when we really come to believe my life is not my own, then I no longer have a right to miss 20 weekends out of the year to vacation because my flesh really needs another weekend off. Don't get quiet on me. When my life no longer belongs to me, then everything about my life and every day is, God, we want to do your purpose, live out your will. What is it that you have for me? So with that being said, I want to share this prayer that we pray. In this prayer guide that we gave you, there are five prayers. We basically use those prayers as guidelines. We use the Lord's Prayer as a guideline. We use Scripture as a guideline just to help people learn how to pray, how to pray the Word of God, how to worship, uh, how to do warfare, intercessory prayer. And, uh, but right in the middle of this book, we, we recorded and put in here out of 2 Chronicles uh, chapter uh, 4, verse 10, we recorded the prayer of Jabez. And Jabez's prayer was this. Listen, please. Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what Jabez asked. That is a powerful prayer. And as we read that prayer, we began to look at it and we realized, man, there really are four very practical uh, prayer principles that we need to grab hold of. And so from January 1 of this year, I've been praying this prayer over my life, over my wife, over my personal children, and over all my spiritual children, my family of God. I've been praying four key words over our house, and they're this. Number one, if you're taking notes is Jabez prayed and said, God, that you would bless me. But hear me, this is, not a, this is not a bless me club, American, name it, claim it, frame it, you know, get a bigger house, claim a bigger car, get a bigger airplane, get a bigger vacation. This is a prayer from a man that cried out, oh God, that you would bless me, listen to this, and that you would bless me with more than I even need so that I can be a blessing to others. That you would bless me with more than I need so I could be a blessing to others. We're asking God for his blessing. We're recognizing our need for his provision in our life. And then we're saying, God, I want you to bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. I, I, I want to be a good steward over what you've given me. And I want to make sure that I'm storing up treasures in heaven instead of treasures on the earth that one day I'll stand before you and only have regret. Can I tell you, as believers, hear me. I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm not talking about you getting in or out of heaven. I'm talking about as a believer that surrendered to God. You do not want to stand one day before God Almighty at judgment day and have your works judged as nothing. Have your works judged as nothing because you never did anything that required faith we, we, we as American Christians, we think, woo, I went to church this week. Check me off. My gosh. If that's all our Christian faith is, it's a joke to the world, and it's why Satan laughs at you. It's a joke. If your biggest check mark is that you made it to church. This week, I was um, redoing uh, my annual uh, sign-up for Samaritan Ministry. It's a ministry many in this church family participate in. It's a, it's a service that provides not insurance, but it's like insurance, and it's all Christian-based, and, and uh, you have to be a Christian. You have to have a pastor's recommendation. And so I was... Um, I was doing our, our annual uh, um, re-sign, and, and, uh, so, and, and now you can do it on the, online. So I was going through online, and got to the bottom, and it says, now you have to send it to your pastor, and, and he has to check off. And one of the things is, is that you have to be faithful three out of every four weekends in the house of God. 
And I was like, wow, wonder what ministry these people are still living in, not America. Because statistics tell us today that solid Christians are basing and, and actually going to church on an average of three out of eight weeks. Three out of every weekend, they make it to the house of God. And we call ourselves believers, we call ourselves Christians, we call ourselves disciples of Christ, and yet, if we were to ask our kids, what do you think mom and dad love most in the world? Would they say, oh, mom and daddy, you love Jesus more than anything? How many of them would say, daddy, man, you love to go fishing? Boy, you, you get excited about fishing. You get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go fishing. But we go to church late every Sunday when we, when we actually go. Sweet Jesus. Come on, somebody. See, let's not get offended. Let's get convicted so that our lives will change so, so that maybe somebody besides me will actually believe that my most important thing in my life is my relationship with Almighty God. That, I, that Jesus is first and foremost in my life. And the testimony of my family, my friends, my children, my grandchildren is, don't get between Baba and God. Don't get between Bella and God. Don't, 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 don't be inviting Baba. You know, my kids don't invite me off on the weekends. We, we might vacation one or two weekends a year together. It's a rarity for me to get with, with all of my kids at one time. And, and it's hard for Suzanne and I to go off. Last weekend, we took our first weekend off this year. And we, we got there and Saturday night, we're walking on the beach. And we were having a great time, man. I, sli I slept, I walked, I rode bikes, and I ate. And then the next day, I slept, I rode bikes, I walked, and I ate. And, and we, were just, we were just getting some much-needed rest, and we were chilling, and we were having our devotions every day. We're both reading some books about the kingdom. We're, we're perusing my mind every single day right now. And, uh, and all of a sudden, comes Saturday night, and we start talking, and, and one of us said, well, you know, we're going to go to church tomorrow. And, and, and one of us said, well, I don't know. And the other one said, well, you know, we'll see. And then the next morning, we got up, and we had breakfast. We went for a walk. We came back, and all of a sudden, we both started getting dressed without saying anything to each other. And, and finally, we both realized what, what you doing? Well, I'm getting dressed for church. What you doing? I'm getting dressed for church. We didn't know what, where, where we're going. We're on vacation. But man, Google. Come on, somebody. I was able to Google the 10 churches in our area. I was able to read reviews. Man, it's just like you just vote based on the flesh stuff, you know. But we finally just said, Holy Spirit, where, where should we go? Well, we visited several big churches around the area where we were and had no desire to go. And so we just, we, we picked this church and we went and uh, we got there actually about 25 minutes early and uh, couldn't find a place to park. I'm riding around and around uh, the beach blocks trying to find a place to park where I wouldn't get towed. And, and finally, I get in. And we found out that it actually started 15 minutes later. And, and we got in. It's a brand new upstart little church, seven years old. Pastor's a real teacher and passionate about God. And, and just everybody was loving on us. We felt so good. We went in, sat down. Man, church just went started and it just went on. My wife's just having a great time. This is a, he's a teacher, unlike me, you know, and he's just teaching line upon line, word by word through Romans chapter one. And, and, and man, I'm looking at my clock going, dude, dude, how long are you going to preach? I mean, it, it went from, it went from an hour service to an hour and 15 to an hour and a half to an hour and 45 and going on two, I had to go to the bathroom. Come on, somebody. And I walked out, but, but man, it was so great. It was great to be, you know, in my cousin's house and in a, in a fellowship that loved God. But you know what? The whole time, as much as I'm loving being there, being fed, man, we're just being loved on. Man, I missed home. I, I miss my family. I, I know where home is. I, I, I appreciate all my brothers and sisters around the world, but there's no place I'd rather be than in the house that God joined me to family that he's joined me to, the people that he's joined me. Why? Why? Because we're doing life together. Nobody's going to get in my face like my own people. You know? I mean, that's why we have connect groups, because we need each other to be getting in each other's face. All three of you agree with me. We got to be challenged. You got to have people that love you enough that after you've missed five weekends out of seven vacationing for yourself, somebody loves you enough to say, hey, are, are you really serious about, is vacation become your God? Right. See, only people that love you are going to talk to you like that. 
<laughs> Some of you say, well, I don't want anybody talking to me like that. <laughs> Nobody's business how much I go to the house of God. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. See, because one day I'm going to stand before the Father and I'm going to give an account for how I watched over your soul. That's right. And if I see you off just becoming stupid and, and I don't reel you in and pray over you and help you and speak into your life, then what kind of shepherd am I? What kind of pastor am I? I'm obviously a pastor who doesn't love you enough to speak the truth because now, see, I'm obviously more concerned about it. I need you not to get offended and take your tithe and offering out the door. But a true shepherd is going to lay down his life for a sheep. He's going to go to battle for those, even when he knows sometimes it's going to offend them because their flesh, their flesh is offendable. How many of y'all have offendable flesh? Don't answer See, we can be offended, but listen to this. Jesus said, look here, listen. Jesus said, be careful you don't take it up. Right. Yes. It's okay to be offended. It's not okay to take it up. Right. Yes. It's not okay to take it up. Because if all you are is offended, then Holy Spirit has a way to work in you. You're teachable. You're helpable. And God's called us, this church, to help lead the way in our community to reach lost people. And darkness is getting darker in America. Wickedness is getting more wicked, rampant. And what we believe in before long, when I stand up and preach the gospel, when I stand up in this pulpit and preach Romans chapter 1, there'll come a day in our generation when it'll be against the law. I'll be preaching hate words when I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's already happening. David Gibbs shared with us from this pulpit two weeks ago how he's representing a police officer in Pensacola, Florida today, and all he did was invite his peers, his fellow police officers, to the house of God. And he has been, he's about to lose his job because it's considered a hate crime. We have no right to share our faith. But hear me, as they said in the book of Acts, I can't help myself. Peter and John said, I can't, I can't help myself. You say I can't, God says I must. You say it's against the law, God says it's not against his law. See, we have a right, we have a responsibility, we got to go for it. Matthew chapter 28, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is speaking here. He's at the end. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's all been done. And he is now commissioning the church. Hear me today. In Peru, we're going to actually have a, a meeting that's going to go a, across the nation. And, and every missionary that's coming from all over the world and the five, 6,000 missionaries from within Peru, we're all going to hear one commissioning message that's going to say to every missionary, it's time, it's now, it's us. We are commissioned by God to go into all the world world. And for one solid week, we're going to go into that nation of Peru. Hear me. We are commissioned at the Rock of Gainesville and have been for generations to go into our world with the authority of Jesus Christ. And his promise is he will always be with us. He'll always be with us. He'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. Acts chapter one, verse six, verse 11 through verse 11 says this. So when they had come together, all the disciples, again, listen, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's done. Jesus is going to the cross. He's going to the grave. He's been resurrected. He has now revealed himself to many of the disciples. And here they are, pre-ascension. Jesus is about to depart this world. And it says that when they had come together, all the disciples, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he says to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Listen to this, in that scripture minute, I want to say to all you prophets with all your calendars and all of your charts on when Jesus is coming, it's time for you to put those in the shelf. It's time for you to die to those things. You're not going to know. This is what you've been commissioned to do. Be about the Father's business. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Show the love of God. It's not to stand up with your charts and try to convince everybody of your great theological knowledge on when Christ is coming. Because if Jesus doesn't know, I promise you, you don't know. If Jesus said, be about my father's business, 
But you will receive, he said, verse 8, power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes saying, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Here's the whole key out of this. Jesus said, I'm going back to the Father, and in my going, it's imperative that the Father bring me home because until I go, he's not going to send the promised one, and you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Spirit because when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive power. Power. Power to do what? Pray in tongues and be mystical? No. Pray in tongues and have power. To be able to be empowered. Peter went from that guy who would open his mouth, stick a foot in, take a foot out, stick the other foot in. For three and a half years, he walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, saw all the miracles of Jesus. It wasn't enough. Jesus wasn't enough. Wow, boy, that'll get all your religious goats going. Jesus wasn't enough. He said, I go away so the Father will send the promise and he will come and live within you. He will dwell in you and he will fill you with power. So to do what? Hear me, church. 2019, can a nation be saved in a, in a day? Can a city be saved in a week? It can by Holy Ghost Spirit-filled witnesses of God. Witness, well, well pastor, I, I'm timid, I'm shy. It's not my personality. When you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the power to overcome your personality, your timidity, your fear, because this is all you got to do. He said, you're going to be my witness. See, he doesn't want you to witness what somebody else told you they witnessed. He doesn't want you to witness what some Bible college professor told you in a theology class that you've never experienced, and you're going to go out and make that your gospel. No, no. He said, I'm going to anoint you. You're going to be filled with power. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You're going to have the ability to pray in the heavenly language, and you're going to be my witness. Pastor, what, what, what do I witness? I was lost. I was bound up. I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I was a wife beater. I was an abuser. I was a sexual pervert. I was messed up. I was hung out on all kinds of messed upness. Man, my life was in disarray. And Jesus revealed himself. And Jesus saved my life. And Jesus transformed me. Today, can I give a testimony? Can I witness what Jesus in a few minutes, we're going to be meeting in the back with our whole team going to Peru. And one of the things I'm going to say to them over and over and over again, when we go to Peru, all we're going to do is to be a witness. And I don't need you telling anybody the testimony of your pastor. And when God saved him at eight years of age and how God delivered him and how, how no, no, no. See, my testimony through your lips, not going to touch anybody. But you go and just share your testimony, your witness, you're testifying what God did personally in your life. You're lost, but now I'm found. I'm blind, but now I see. I was deaf, I couldn't hear, but, but now I hear. I had no purpose in life, but now I got so much purpose and passion and vision, the Lord's gonna have to let me live a whole lot longer because I got a lot left to do for his kingdom. I got a lot left to do. I'm stern. I'm burning. I'm, I'm moved. I, I, I am passionate on the inside of my life. God, I want my life to count. I want to be a witness, a testimony of the goodness of God. Psalm chapter 2, verse 7 and 8 has become my, my heart's cry this year in so many ways. The psalmist wrote, wrote, he says, I tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son today. I've begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. Hear me today, church. We need to, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, get out of our 
pathetic little selfish prayers about I need this and I need that and begin to pray the prayers of God. Lord, give us the losses and inheritance. Come on, God, give us the down and outers. Give us the up and outers. Give us those who are hurting both here in our Jerusalem and in Peru and in China and in Cuba and in Africa and all over the world. God, wherever we are, give us the lost. Give us the lost. This morning in first service, man, when one person raised their hand and said, I need Jesus today in my life, I'm telling you, something in my spirit just began to leap the joy of one person surrendering to Jesus Christ eternally, forever. Their life is changed, and they become a son and daughter of the Most High God, and they have the power within them to be a witness on the earth that we live in and the world that we serve. Can a city be reached in a week? Can a nation be reached in a day? Acts chapter 4, and I close, and I won't read it all, even though I have it all in my notes. Acts chapter 4, Peter and John come into the city, and there was a crippled man. And the crippled man said, help, I need something. Peter and John said, silver and gold we do not have. But what we have, we give to you. Rise up, crippled man. Rise up and walk. And the crippled man got up and started shouting and doing the hallelujah two-step. Forty-plus years he had been crippled, seated at the gate of the city to beg alms. But this day, he got more than he bargained for. He didn't get it. The other day I was sitting at a street light and I'd watch this guy. He was, you know, peddling, just needing some money. And, and uh, the light just seemed to be red forever. And he, I guess he was done on his shift. And so he started walking down the road and he was heading to Starbucks and he had a wad of cash and he was counting out his money as he was walking down the street, man. It had been a good, good afternoon for him, man. He, he just counting them out. And, and, and I was thinking about this crippled man. He was, he was needing some dollars. And God says, let me give you something better than dollars. Let me give you legs. Well, the story is an amazing story because uh, the, the uh, religious leaders of that day did not appreciate what Peter and John had done, and so they got very annoyed. They brought them in. They arrested them, verse 3, and, uh, and, but it says in verse 4 that many of those who had heard the word believed, and listen to this, many Many, many in Jerusalem heard the word of the healing of the crippled man. And listen to what it says. And the number of those who came to Christ was about 5,000 because of a testimony that a crippled man walked. Come on, somebody. A crippled man walked and 5,000 people came to Christ. Man, the next day, the rulers and elders got mad. They arrested Peter and John, put them in jail. Next day, they came, they brought them out, and they asked him, They put them in the midst and they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This man is the healed of the Lord. And there is salvation, verse 12, in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. We are the called of Christ. And if Peter's life can so radically change by being filled with the Holy Spirit, what can our lives in 2019 be? What can we accomplish? Man, today, if anything, I want every believer in just a moment to bow your head, and I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord, what excuse, what is my number one excuse that keeps me from being the witness that you've called me to be? Because I want to acknowledge it, and I want to repent of it. I want it no longer to be the crutch in which I hang on. I want the latter days of my life to count. I want the purposes of God to consume me. So that everyone around knows, they know that my life, number one, is passionate for Christ. See, that's got to be our heart cry. Why? Because we're believers. See, what I'm preaching should be the normal 
It should be the norm of Christianity. And yet in America today, many sit and stare at me the way some of you are. Like, really? I thought I just had to go to church. You mean I actually got to be, I got to testify? I got to be a witness? See, we need to know what the kingdom of God is all about. And my prayer is, God, help the Rock of Gainesville to reject the culture of our society in 2019. Let us embrace Christ and his cross. Let us embrace the resurrection and the power so that our lives will be radically and forever changed. So that I will give the rest of my life to doing the will of the Father. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment? And I am going to pray. And I'm, I, I'm asking right now that every one of you would just, with the sincerity of your own heart, your head's bowed, it's just between you and the Lord, ask God, Father, what is that one thing? You'll know it immediately. Many of you don't even have to pray. You know it. And I'm asking you that as the Lord reveals it to you, that you simply repent. Confess your sin to God. Confess Confess that thing that has had your heart, that idol in your life, and reject it. Tear down the the walls and the idolatry of idols that are in our heart and in our nation. And say, we are not going into the closet as spirit-filled believers. We are going to be a voice of righteousness in the world that we live in. We want our lives to make an impact. So I'm speaking right now very specifically and directly to the believers in this house. Your heart's desire would be to lift up your hand in a moment when I invite you to and say, Pastor, I'm raising my hand, standing in agreement with you. I want my life to matter. And I want to be a witness in my world. And I want no more excuses. If that's you with your head bowed and your eye closed, just lift up your hand. I'm going to pray over us right now as I lift up my own hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, over this congregation today, every one of us that are saying, God, I I don't want religion anymore as the norm. I don't want to just go to church and get my check mark. I want my life to count. God, forgive us of our idolatry. Give us of our sins that have so easily beset us. Forgive us of the things that we have gone back to that once we were delivered from and saved from, but now they have become a part of our norm again. God, forgive us. And as we raise our hands before you, Father, we're saying we want to be a witness. We want to be like the early church church in Acts chapter 4 after being accused and charged and told no longer to preach. Father God, they declared we can't help ourselves. We got to preach. And we're going to talk about Jesus. And then they gathered together and they prayed. And in their prayer, their prayer, oh God, was, Lord, in the middle of the trials, tribulation, and the persecution, grant us boldness. Boldness to love. Boldness to forgive boldness to respond Christ in us the hope of glory I declare that over everyone this hand is lifted across this congregation everyone that's watching online right now your hand's been raised this prayer's over you as well I declare it in Jesus name now believers would you continue to pray heads remain bowed for just a moment eyes closed before the Lord just give give an opportunity for a moment to let me speak to any one of you right now in this place Jesus is not Lord of your life. You know about God. You know about church. Maybe you once walked with God at some point in time. But today, today you're you're not walking with Christ. He's not first in your life. He's not Lord of your life. He's not Savior of your life. But oh, he loves you so much. Jesus does not come to you today with condemnation and guilt and shame. Jesus comes as a saving grace. If you will but repent, if you will acknowledge that you need Jesus to be Lord of your life and Savior of your life, he will come into your life right here today and he will save you. And you will begin to live out the rest of the days of your life for his purpose, for his glory, for your benefit. With every head bowed and every eye closed, 
this morning, even as we wait for just a moment, that's you and you know it. There's a battle raging, man. Your heart might be racing. Your knees might be shaking. You feel like you're standing in a Y in a road. And, and, and there's one voice speaking to you to, to, to respond and to move towards God. And there's another voice speaking to go left and go away and, and live your own life and do your own thing. But you've been there and you've done that and you know that the reward of it is sad. Jesus died for you. Jesus chose you. Jesus called you. Jesus is waiting for you to respond to his love. If that's you this morning in this congregation, would you just lift up your hand and let me lead you in a prayer in just a moment? Yes, my dear, God bless you. You, you want to join with this one? Yes, God bless you, dear. This is your day. This, you can put it down once I see it. Thank you. God bless you. This is your moment. You want Jesus to be Lord of your life. You want to surrender. You're watching online this morning. I can't see if you raised your hand, but you can call the church office. You can email us. You can text us. We're here for you. But today, today the Lord brought you here to hear this message, to know how much he loved you. One more quick moment. If that's you and you're ready today, just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I, I need Jesus in my life. I need him to be Lord. Yes, God bless you, dear. All right, I want to invite the whole congregation right where you're seated. Pray this prayer with me this morning. Pray it from your heart. Pray it out loud so that these that responded can pray accordingly. Father God, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being willing to go to the cross, to die, to suffer for me. Thank you, Father, that you did not leave Jesus in that grave. But he came out full of the power and the Spirit so that I could be saved. So, Jesus, today, I ask you and I invite you, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I surrender. I confess my sin, I acknowledge my faults, and I ask you to do what I cannot do. I cannot save myself. Thank you for dying for me. I receive it. Your love, your mercy, your redemptive grace. And I'm choosing this day as you have chosen me. Now I choose you. For the rest of the days of my life, I'm going to serve you. I give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and give the Lord a praise for these this morning. We bless the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from The Rock of Gainesville. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org.